is. And again, just to remind you, uh, our normal, if you've spent a few weeks since you were here, we, our kids are normally in the yellow room, this room right kind of through the office, but since we're renovating, they're meeting down in one of the kindergarten classes in the building just below here. Um, and uh, remember after the service to go retrieve your child. Now that's important. Don't forget. Don't forget. Um, if you would, uh, turn in your Bibles, if you have them, you can turn to, to Exodus chapter 18. We continue our, our look at this true story of the formation of a nation, of the preserving of a nation, of God hearing the cries of His people and delivering them. And now we're, um, he's in this, we're in this process of preserving them through their journey, seeing them to, um, to Mount Sinai and uh, to, the, to this reestablishing, if you will, of His covenant of grace. That's where we're headed in the book of Exodus. But we have, um, we've, uh, we're in chapter 18, and, and, and last week we looked at uh, you know, a, a seeming break in the action... We got to chapter 18 and we've seen these miracles and we've seen, you know, again, uh, water, poisonous water made clean. We've seen uh, manna from heaven. We saw um, water from a rock. We saw uh, slaves through only, only through the help of God. There's no other way to defeat a warring nation that was attacking them. And then we come to a conversation, you know. Um, but it was an amazing conversation because it was a, a it was a it was a testimony of God's faithfulness that that ended in conversion. That was the goal, and and again, it was just a, another line of miraculous events. Here we had uh, the enemies, this foreign nation coming in, uh, Amalek fighting Israel, and then we had a a foreigner, uh, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, come again, not an Israelite, but coming to faith coming to believe and trust that Yahweh is the true God. And, and, and in a sense, we're continuing that conversation. And there's a lot going on here in this passage. There's a lot going on. This is the next day. This is the day following his conversion. He, he professed faith. He sacrificed to Yahweh and, and ate and a, you know, a, a meal of thanksgiving with the elders of Israel. And now the next day, uh, we have continuation, an, another conversation between Jethro and and um, and Moses and there's a lot going on here. Uh, there's it's it's a father son talk. Uh, we can look at it from that point of view. It's a conversation between fellow believers. We can look at it that way. Um, it's also a counseling session. And on top of that, it's um, the record this the amending and ratifying of Israel's judicial system. All this is happening in one text. Um, and um, it's a lot going on. So, with that said, let's uh, let's dive in and read this together. But before we do so, let's let's pray again for God's help. Lord God, uh, there there is a lot happening here in this passage. This true account of how you work, how you work in the midst of your people and work through your people. So, Lord, help us to see that. Help us to to read this and, and not just know it, but to be changed by it and to apply it. Lord, there's, there's much here to, to take to heart. There's much here that you have to, to tell us to, to shape how we live and how we think about life in the body of Christ, Lord. So 
Lord, uh, help me as I explain it. Help me as I apply it. Help us all to hear and be encouraged by your love, your faithfulness this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The next day, this is um, verse 13. The next day Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that was, he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and His laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. And God be with you. You shall represent... I'm sorry, I skipped home. <laughs> now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who were trustworthy and hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace." So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. And then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country." The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. There are three things. There's usually three things, aren't there? There are three things I want us to see. First, I want us to see um, Jethro's godly guidance. I want, us, I want us to see how Israel was blessed through shared service. And then thirdly, I want us to see how this is God's permanent plan to do ministry and function as believers together. First, God, uh, godly guidance. Um, Moses, um, again, is doing his job, isn't he? We find him doing the job of, of redeemer and of judge and of the person in charge of all these people, over a million, maybe two. That's a lot. And um, Jethro, newly converted, the next day, uh, you know, a new convert, yet a very wise man, <laughs> looks at his 
son-in-law and says, what are you doing? Now, uh, that, that can mean different things based on the tone, right? What, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand what's happening. That's not how he meant it. He knew what he was doing. He knew he was judging. He knew he was bringing God's Word to bear. He knew that he was leading. But really, what was he getting at? Why are you doing it like this? <laughs> Why are you going about it in this way? Uh, Moses answers and says, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the cases. I'm deciding who's in the right and who's at the wrong. I'm, I'm making known God's Word, God's uh, verdict to the people. I'm not, he's not foretelling as a prophet. He's forthtelling. He's saying, here's, here's God's Word and here's how it applies here. And people are coming and asking. And I, I'm, doing, I'm doing my job. And, um, and then Jethro says, what you're doing is not good. Now, put yourself in Moses' place just a minute. Um, it sounds like he's having a, a hectic day. <laughs> and it sounds like uh, every day was just like this. Right? Um, I, you know, he, I'm sure he took the Sabbath off, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, he had one day off. But he, this was morning till night, hearing about all the problems and all the disputes of all the people all coming to him. And his father-in-law comes and says, what you're doing is not good. How does that strike you at first? It might make you angry, right? Um, he didn't respond that way, did he? Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't snap back. He doesn't push back. He doesn't say, hey, you just became a believer. Get in the back of the line. Again, he's humble and respectful of his father-in-law. Uh, this is probably a father-in-law's favorite passage in the Scripture, isn't it? You know, if you're talking to your son-in-law, you know, hey, remember Exodus 18. Uh, uh, but that's not really the main point. Um, but he, he says it's not good, and, and, and Moses isn't offended because he sees, he hears, that, he, he hears it well and hears it rightly because he knows Jethro loves him. Jethro is for him. And Jethro is for Israel. Note what he says. He says it's not good and he tells why. He goes, you're going to wear yourself out. You are going to be worn out and the people are going to be worn out. And actually in Hebrew it says, fading you will fade. <laughs> fading you will fade, Moses. This is, no, this is not sustainable. You cannot do the job of mediator of God's people. You cannot do the job of leader, deliverer, all by yourself. You will wear yourself out. Fading, you will fade. You will, cannot do it. And then he also says, you will wear the people out. It reminds me of the DMV. No matter when you go, you'll always wait. It's like there's never enough people. There's never enough people. It's like going... Does anybody work at Lowe's? No offense. It's like going to Lowe's. Hello? Is there anyone here? Sometimes it feels like there's just one person working. I saw someone up front. I think they're it. One person for 10,000 square feet. of uh, that's, that's efficient. Anyway, um, it, it was like that. You had to stand around all day 
hoping you got to see Moses and hear God's word, hear his judgment. But here, see, Jethro is not being critical. He's not trying out to get Moses. He's not just a, you know, my generation did it better. No one's ever done what Moses was doing, by the way. <laughs> he loved Moses. He loved Israel. And he said, there, there's got to be a better way. Actually, I know a better way, Moses. Hear me out. I don't want you to, to fall. I don't want you to fade out. I don't want the people to, to grow weary of coming to you. I want them to draw near to God. I want you to be able to give and, and rule well. Um, this, this burden is too much for you. When he says it's heavy, he goes, this burden is too heavy, it's the same word we've seen throughout uh, Exodus. It's kabed, and, um, and, and, and it's the word that was used of Pharaoh's heart. It's a, he's got, his heart is hard or heavy. But it's also the term used when Moses had his arms raised, that his arms became heavy. And it's, I mean, I think that's a little uh, foreshadowing to what we see now. You know, Moses trying to represent, be the mediator, hold up the staff that represents God's power, and he can't even do that. He needs help, doesn't he? He needs two men, one on the right and one on the left, to hold up his arms so they can win the battle with Amalek. The burden is too heavy and he can't do it on his own. And, and, and this, 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 this truth bears out, doesn't it? It bears out in, 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 in the New Testament. In, in the body of believers, in the, in the, in the in family of God, it's, uh, Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 2, says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This wasn't hateful. This wasn't, you're doing a bad job, Moses. This wasn't saying, you know, most people could do this, but you can't. This was, Moses, I care about you. Moses, I love you. Moses, I want to bless you. And you note that when he says, when he gives this, he says, may God be with you. May God be with you, Moses. This isn't a, this isn't condescending. This isn't, this isn't I told you so. This isn't being critical. This is loving rebuke to bless May God bless you, Moses, as you do this. And you, you can be blessed with help. Again, that's, that's the theme here. There's godly guidance. Guidance that's sanctified advice coming from this man. Who, yeah, who's just, just converted, but, but again, part of the body of Christ who sees an issue and goes, there's a better way. You need help. Moses, you can better serve and lead the body of the the body of Christ, the God's people, with help from God's people, and Moses needed that. Moses needed to see that again. I, Moses, even Moses, needed someone outside himself to speak into his life. He needed someone with wisdom and experience being a head of a family with leadership experience to go, Moses, Moses, let me help you. Listen to me. And, and a question I asked, a question I asked uh, to um, our Faith Conversations group, how do you hear advice? How do, you, how do you hear advice? How do you hear people speaking into your life? Do, do you get defensive or are you thankful? 
Do you have friends that can be, uh, help you be objective about you? About how you're living, how you're functioning, how you're... You know, if you, if you have a spouse, you have this built-in person that's watching you 24-7 that will tell you lovingly <laughs> how you can, uh, how you can uh, enjoy life more, you know? I, I can't tell you how many times Camille has helped me. It's like, you know, help me just think about what I'm doing and how I'm doing, how I'm speaking, my tone, and, and, and how I'm going about life. Even, you know, even how, how to, you know work and be organized and again everybody thinks oh Grant you're an administrator that's because I've been married to, to, uh, to Camille for 20 plus years that's why I'm a decent administrator because she's good at that but, but she's spoken into my life and it's, and it's been so good do you have people not just a spouse but do you have friends that can look at you and that you will listen to godly friends brothers and sisters in Christ that, that are Looking at your life and, and, and willing to intercede and step in and speak into that. Are you, are you listening? Are you grateful? Again, Jethro's aim is not to be critical, just to, just to be right, but to bless Moses and bless the people. Godly guidance. Even Moses needed it. So do you and I. The second thing I want you to see is shared service. The shared service that, 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 that is implemented. Uh, what, what is actually does, does Jethro recommend? He, he recommends an amended job description for Moses. You know, first of all, Moses was the adjudicator, the judge. He heard the cases. He decided what was right. And he made known the, law, the word of God. But what, what he recommends is really revolutionary. Instead of Moses having the full job of, of making the word known and hearing the cases, he wants him to focus more on being the mediator, he says. I want you to be, work on being the, the go-between, the mediator between God and His people, representing the people to God. I want you to focus on that. He says in verse 19, You shall represent the people before God. And bring their cases to God. I want you to, to focus on not just hearing and deciding, but think about it in this way. You're turning to God, Moses. You're looking to Him for wisdom and help. And you're representing them to God. But also, I want you to teach His laws and how to apply them to life. I want you to, as mediator, as the one representing, I want you also to represent God to the people, and I want you to let them know what God's will for them is. See, right now, the, what they did, it was kind of, as things came up, they came to Moses, what do we do? Every issue, every, every dispute, every question, what, what do we do? And Moses would tell them. But what he's telling, he said, Moses, I want you to, you need to start teaching and broadcasting and make known the Word of God before the dispute. <laughs> You, 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 need to, you need to represent you know, the people to God, but be God to the people and make His Word known. Not just what it says, but how to apply it. See, He's, he's expanded it to, to focus more on the teaching, on the instruction, on the equipping of God's people to know the Word and apply it to life. 
You know, part of our mission, of mission of the church, the mission here of Faith Presbyterian Church is to reach and equip people with the gospel. We equip. That's why we come. We, we have small groups. We have this large group where we meet and worship where the Word of God is not just... I don't just you don't just come and let the elders know what your struggle is, but before the struggle happens, as you're living life, we, we're making God's Word known to you in all the avenues that we can so that you will be equipped for life. That you will know how to draw near to God and know how to please God and that's what, that's, that's, this, that's what he's saying. I want you to focus more on, yeah, hearing the cases, but making the Word known, teaching the people in the way they should go. And as, as you teach them, as you equip them with God's statutes, with who He is, with how He works, then, what's the result? He will be unburdened. Yeah, it's the burden of, burden of teaching, but then there'll be What? People equipped to think through how to reconcile with one another. There'll be men equipped to hear cases and to help their brothers and sisters be reconciled with one another. He's equipping the people of Israel for ministry. That's what he's doing. And so he's, he's mediating, he's representing the people to God. That's what he says. He says, then I want you to teach. You should then focus on teaching the laws to the people. And then you need to equip, you need to, these men that you've equipped, you need to bring them in and, and, and give them the job of helping you judge and lead the people. Um, and and what, what's the job description? <laughs> he says he wants able men. He wants people, men with, with capability to lead and listen and, and hear and help. He wants people, men who fear God. And what does that mean, to fear God? It means to, to have a holy reverence for Him. To recognize that, that His way is, is the way. That He is the God who has rescued them and has, will keep them. And not, not He's afraid of being, uh, of being squashed by God or being uh, rejected by God, but that He recognizes that, that He is the all-powerful God who has, who has conquered the enemies of God's people and who provides for them and who recognizes that He is above all and He is going to a man who's going to submit to God's truth, not his own version of truth. And again, that's men of integrity as well. Men who, 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 who of the truth, who know the truth, who, who listen when Moses teaches, who, who understand who God is and, and His statutes and His law. And then finally, men who are incorruptible, who hate dishonest gain, as it says. You know, we, we see that all the time. We know in, that, you know, power... Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, and, and people of power can be tempted to what? To make decisions and vote on bills and, and decide cases for their own benefit. That happens in a fallen world. Because make sure that the men you put in charge of the people, over the thousands, over the hundreds, over the tens, that, that they hate dishonest gain are not going to be fall into this pattern but to, to hear and decide things justly and rightly. Again, this shared service in God, among God's people results in lightening Moses' burden. 
It says in verse 23 that you will be able to stand. Moses, when you have when you receive help of the people, when you equip them for ministry and then let them do ministry and let them judge and help you in this way, you will be able to handle the workload and you will have the strength so that you can lead. And we know if you keep reading, there's a lot, there's a lot of hard things that will come, a lot of challenges along the way. You need to have this, you need to share this so that you can be ready to lead and help God's people and make God's word known. Not only will Moses be uh, his his burden be lightened, but it says that the people will have peace. Imagine not imagine a conflict between you and your neighbor and not knowing how to do it, not knowing what God's word says, not knowing how to apply it, and then you're waiting day, maybe two, maybe three days with this person you're in conflict with waiting to get it resolved. But now you can go to someone. You can go to the head of the family. You can go to the head of, you know, just a few, a few houses down, tents down, right? And, and, and be heard and be helped. God's, you know, it was, it's not good for Moses to do this alone. Moses' burden is lightened. The people have peace and be reconciled, know God's Word, apply God's Word, and have help doing that from these other judges. Moses needed help teaching and guiding God's people from God and from His people. It says here that this is uh, something that would be done perpetually. And for the the rest of the time of, of Israel's existence, there was a system like this. There were judges set up. There were people that they could go have their cases heard. You know, it wasn't just only the king, only the ruler that made decisions for the people of Israel, but there was this system that, that was perpetual, that, that extended throughout the generations. And not only did it extend in the, in the, in the nation of Israel, but this, this same principle extends to the church today, to the new covenant community of believers. And again, this is our third point, the permanent plan. God does not expect you to do life, to figure out life, and to, and to interpret and apply God's Word all by yourself. It's never been the plan. There's a perpetual plan for us to do this together in community. And it starts here. It goes all, I mean, you think this is kind of a, a, a passage, you know, uh, Daniel's talked about uh, passages you would skip or tracks on the, on the album you would skip. This is one you're like, what? This is about the judicial system. But you see the principle? What is true of you and me? So often I think I get overwhelmed by life and I go, okay, God's got me here. How do I do it? And even my wife will look at me, Grant, what's going on? You okay? And I'll go, no, nothing. I got it. You ever done that? To the people that are for you and love you and are right there with you and you go, no, I got it. I'm good. Let me figure it out. Moses didn't have this, have this huge blind spot. He was doing something not good. Doing it for the right reasons. Doing the, uh, the job he was called to do, but not doing it in the right way. And God brought this 
foreigner. Think, think about Think the humility of this. Someone who's not of Israel comes in and has the, a better way. And it's not just a way, it's the way. God confirmed it to Moses. Yes, this is right. Listen to your father-in-law. And this becomes the way of dealing with and understanding of help, helping one another be reconciled to God, to one another, helping one another understand God's Word. It, 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 and we still enjoy it today. We see this in the, in, the, in the New Testament in Acts 14. Again, how important was it to Paul to have elders, leaders in the early church? Well, he was at this place called uh, Lystra and he was stoned and they thought he was dead. Barnabas goes and gets him. They escape. They keep doing ministry. And then guess what they do? They go to another place. And then they circle back around and go back to the place where he was attacked to the point of death so that he can do what? Verse, uh, chapter 14, verse uh, 23. And when they had appointed elders for them at every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord whom they had believed. They went back to make sure there were elders in place. He took that pretty seriously. It wasn't an optional thing. You know, that place almost died, we've got to go back. Why? I hadn't set up elders yet. Are you sure? Yes. Is it important? Yes. <laughs> he's, really, he's willing to risk his life again to make sure that there were shepherds, elders, people, to, men to, to rule and, and, and guide the church. It's pretty important. We see in, in, in Acts 15 that, again, we have elders that not only are shepherding, but, but making decisions. Remember there was this, what, what do these new Gentile converts, how are they to become part of, part of God's people? And, and in verse 1 of chapter 15 it says, But some men came down from Judea who were teaching the brothers, Unless you were circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Bar- Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about the question. And that was the first presbytery meeting. That was the first time elders got together and, and what, 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 does, what is the will of God here? What does His Word say? What, how does this apply? And they made a judgment and decided for the good of the church. And these, 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 these qualifications that are here in the Old Testament of these judges, they, they're carry over as, as God's people, as, as the church grows, as, as it, again, the gospel goes out to the Gentiles. And again, again, the, the beautiful symmetry. It was a Gentile who suggested this is how to shepherd the people. And then as the church grows and goes to the this this very similar Church government, governance was put in place for the Gentiles, for all God's people. And it says in Titus 1, 5-9, it says, he goes, he's talking to Titus, Paul, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remains into order and appoint elders in every town as I've directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers, and that open to charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer... As God's steward must be above reproach, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine 
and also to rebuke those who contradict it. You see, that's, that's an expanding on what we see here. Capable men, spiritual men, men of integrity, men of incorruptibility, who love, people who love the truth, love the Lord, and love God's people. So, this plurality of officers, of elders, and we see it rooted here in Exodus 18, and here it plays out in the church, in the New Testament church, and in the church today. That's why we have, in the PCA, in the Presbyterian Church, multiple elders per church. I am so grateful to be... Um, in Christ, first and foremost, but to be a Presbyterian. You know, I felt, I felt called to ministry in college, but I also at that same time, as I was feeling called to ministry and to preach, I was, I was also becoming more confirmed that I, I believe that this is, this is the, where I belong as a, as a denomination. And one of the things that was really convincing to me is seeing my campus minister and my pastor at my church being humble enough and being in community with other pastors, community with other elders, not going it alone. And we can look, we can look out and see in, 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 some, in, in some very, very public uh, examples, I'm not going to name them, of churches that have just fallen apart. Big churches that are built on one man's testimony and personality. I'm not strong enough for that. (laughs) I can't do that. But I've been gifted with, right now, with ten other elders here at this church to help shepherd. With four other deacons to help lead and service. We are working together. And then every one of you, we're a kingdom of priests. We're we're called to, 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 to love and serve one another. But thank God that He has provided men of ability, Spirituality, incorruptible, incorruptibility, and integrity to lead his church. I'm so grateful. So grateful to not go it alone. Uh, Ligon Duncan has commented that. He says, in the words of wise counsel from Jethro, we discover that to establish justice and righteousness among the people, men who fear God are needed. And then Dr. Currid, one of my former professors, says, Only when church leaders, such as pastors, elders, and deacons, are righteous and reverent, can God's people expect to flourish. And I believe that. I believe that. You know, we say often in our session meetings, I said, this is the, this is the core small group of the church. And the way we love and pray for and pursue each other will shape how the church loves the Lord loves each other, pursues and prays for each other. And, and that's how we think about our, our, our leadership, our ministry among you. We are called by God uh, to, to be not just judgmental, these <laughs> things about judges, judgmental, but to serve and to not just to judge based on our own understanding, but on God's revealed will, His Word, to make it known and to help us live in peace and joy in the Lord. Now, you might be thinking, if the plurality of elders in each church follows this pattern of multiple judges to govern 
the Old Testament church, and make known God's will, who then is in the place of Moses? It ain't me. I hope you... That's not where I'm going. I'm not the Moses character needing some help. What did Jethro say Moses was? I want you to be the mediator. I'm not the mediator. I'm not... That's why I'm a pastor. I'm not a priest. I'm not mediating. We have one great high priest and his name is Jesus. Actually, in Hebrews, it talks about him being the better, the greater mediator. He perfectly represents us to God. He perfectly communicates, embodies God to us. He is the Word made flesh. It says if we have seen, He says if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And myself and the other elders at this church and elders and the PCA and all those who are leaders in God's church, we, we're not Moses. We're, we're the under-shepherds. We're the, the judges of the tens and the hundreds. We're the ones that God has given the Word to so that we can make His Word known. And again, we're not here just to decide disputes or just to, just to let you know what God says when you need it, but we're here to make God's Word known all the time, every day, every week, any interaction, to let you know the truth, the revealed will of God in the Scriptures. And because we have a greater mediator, the perfect mediator, Jesus, we have this Word. We have it. The Spirit has recorded it. Not only that, the Spirit is in our hearts and He's written in our hearts. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says, For this is the covenant that we will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is the perpetual plan for us on this side of glory. For our mediator Jesus Christ to make His Word known, to represent us to God perfectly, and to make Him known to us so that that He would also set up men to lead, to shepherd, to judge, to make that Word known so that you can not only just know know it for the occasion, but but to grow in it all the time so that when you come to a crossroad, when you come to a point of conflict with a brother or sister in Christ, you can then turn to the Lord and go, what does the Scripture say? What, how does this apply now? How do, I, how do we reconcile with one another? How do I rest in, in God and His Word um, in, in time of need? We have this, again, pause in the action, this conversation this advice from a father-in-law to a son-in-law. But it is the foundation of how the, God's people work. It's, it's, the, it's why Paul says it's, we are to bear one another's burdens. It's why Paul risked his life to set up elders in each church. It's, it's why it's, it's, he, he, God has equipped men to, to, to lead, to shepherd, to lead in service, to lead in, in teaching, to preach the Word. God, Jesus Christ is the perfect mediator who makes His Word known. He is the one who, who, who makes it known and applies it to life. And He's equipped, equipped men in His church to be His under-shepherds.
to help in time of need. You need help. Everyone in here needs help. I need help. I need help to understand God's Word. I need help to apply God's Word. I have a story I want to share with as I close of just two, two elders that helped me. Um, not just... I've been helped more than just once, by the way. Um, but there's a time when I, I got some... There's a time when I really just didn't get this. And I still there are times I don't, but... I was, uh, I was in my early 30s. I was in uh, serving in a church in Mississippi. I was a part-time assistant pastor at First Pres, Kosciuszko, Mississippi. I know you all know where that is. And then... Um, and also part-time campus minister at Holmes Community College. And I got to this point, after about three years in, I realized something. There's no part-time ministry. And I was weary and I was tired and I started looking for another call. And uh, there was this church in Oklahoma. I'm not going to say where. Uh, that was, was a church plant. And they had heard some preaching. I was like one of their four, top four. And I was excited. So I went to two elders. And I said, hey, I need references. Would you be a reference for me? And they said, sure. One was Philip Palmertree, my senior pastor. And the other one was my boss with RUF, Bebo Elkin. Yes, Bebo. That wasn't his given name. It was his nickname. It might as well be his given name. Anyway, so I said, Bebo and Philip, would you be references for me on this? They're like, sure, no problem. I had an interview, phone interview. I didn't really, I didn't like the questions they asked. They didn't like the answers I gave. <laughs> I hung up going, I, I don't think it's going to work. But I was thinking, you know, I, they wanted me, but I'm, I'm going to say no. So I went to Philip and I said, so how did, how did it go when they called you? Oh, I told them you would be bad for this job. I worked for him for four years, right? Loyalty, What? Went to Bebo, I said, Bebo, how did it go? I, I, it was kind of a weird interview. How did, how did it go? Oh, I told him you weren't ready for it. I was devastated. I was devastated. And I was like, why? You know, <laughs> like, what, what have I done? It's like, uh, I don't think you're, you know, Philip's like, yeah, I don't think you're mature enough to do a church plant right now. And Bebo, I said, Bebo, what? Why did you say? What? What? Why not? Why not? Oh, you, you don't need to be that far away from your family. You got little kids. That would be good for you, or for your wife. And I know your father-in-law that he'd be mad at me if you went. I was so angry. I was. I was angry. But what I realized is, I thought I knew where I should go, and I said, "Just as a, if you ask me to be a reference, just just know I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> I learned from that." I asked them to affirm what I wanted to do. I never asked them what they thought. I just said, will you talk to these people for me? And they're like, sure I will. <laughs> I had these two men of wisdom that, um, that knew me better than I knew myself. And I just expected them to agree with me instead of going, Bebo, Philip, do you think I'd be good at this? And I learned it the hard way. But it was a good, it was a good. I need 
people speaking in my life. I need elders. I need men of, of integrity, women of wisdom speaking in my life. And I'm so grateful to have that. You need that too. Don't be frightened of that. Don't think you've got it all figured out. Don't think, yet yeah, the Spirit dwells within you and, and He's revealed His will and you have Jesus and you have the Spirit and you have this. But you need help. Moses needed help. You need help. It's not good to try to rule, figure out life all by yourself. It's not. And God's provided the body of Christ. He's provided elders. He's provided deacons. He's provided pastors. He's provided people to make that word known, to help you to come alongside. Isn't God good? Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for help. Thank you for godly wisdom and advice from you, from your word, through leaders in our church, through people that have been around the block. Thank you that we're not all alone figuring out the Scripture, figuring out life, figuring out how to apply it and how to understand it all alone. We have, we have Your Spirit and Your Spirit working through the lives of our brothers and sisters and our elders and our officers in the church. We give You thanks that You established this way of doing life all the way back in the wilderness. So Lord, thank You for the help in the wilderness that You still provide. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.